Welcome back to the Best Whiskey Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Valera. So this episode is a season four solo episode, and I really didn't think I was going to do this one just because, um, I don't know, maybe I was just feeling a little lazy, a little lethargic uh, on a Sunday, a lazy Sunday. But uh, I got an email, actually a, a private message from my brother, Matt Kellogg in Arizona. He sent me a really cool clip about these dads, I think in Shreveport, Louisiana, who stepped up and really got together and helped curb um, some some violence that was happening amongst teenagers in this high school and, and just seeing those men together laughing, cracking jokes and really taking care of their youth uh, got me motivated. So I'm on the mic today. Hopefully this one works out um, and hopefully somebody gets something from me as I tend to just blather on about ideas. Anyway, um, thanks for listening for sure. I appreciate all the folks uh, who've stuck with this over the last four seasons. We might get another episode or two in this season, and then we'll take a break and start working towards um, season five. So I, the plan is just to keep doing this podcast. The plan is just to, as long as people want to tell their stories about resilience and success and whatever else, and as long as y'all keep listening, I'll keep making this regardless. Few few updates before I jump into this episode here. Um, I started a new job recently. I'm still at Washington University. I'm now the assistant dean for student affairs, which is really exciting. It's it's taken me quite a while to get back to um, to this type of role, but I just I'm so grateful to be able to help um, with my teams. I work with a bunch of leaders whose jobs are just to support student success outside of the classroom, and so there's been a lot of generous people who've helped me get this opportunity and. Uh, and so I really appreciate you all, and I'm super excited about that. I'm also a doctor, y'all. Yeah, I got my PhD. For those of you who know me personally, I know that already, that uh, I finished my PhD in uh, in December of 2020. And so um, that's super exciting as well. So all the goals and everything that I'm putting out there um, has, is coming true, including this podcast. I'm super excited about all that and very grateful. All right. So what's on my mind? You know, I don't know. This, this has been on my mind for several weeks as I was thinking about a solo episode for season four. And I look down at my arm and I have this, one of the first tattoos I received um, says Kuha, the words K-U-H-A. It's uh, Rutoro, uh, my mom's language. It means to give. And I remember I asked her that when I was younger, probably in my, my late 20s, early 30s, and and she took, gave me the the word and, and I got it tattooed on my arm, which I'm sure she wasn't really <laughs> too happy about. I think she's probably given in with all of us, uh, all of her kids who have tattoos. But I uh, got that tattoo because I, for some reason I got it on my forearm and I wanted it to be a personal reminder of what I'm here to do is, is to give. And and so um, it's just really an, an important piece of what I do and, and what I'm about and what a lot of people who I care about and I respect are about is the idea of giving. But that's not the, the idea that really kind of stuck with my mind, that prompted me to think about times in my life where people were really generous to me. And interestingly, I think this episode is going to air right around the turn into November, you know, that time of thanks here in America, Thanksgiving, where we're, where we're, we're showing gratitude. So there's definitely a lot of gratitude in this episode, but really I want to talk about this idea of giving and uh, more specifically relief, this idea of giving relief, which has been something that I've been leaning on probably the last seven, eight years. Uh, you know, people in my life who've, who've given to me, um, you know, I think the biggest person, of course, being my mom, my brother, Joseph, 
shared um, perfectly the um, idea of who she is and as far as, you know, um, her working, you know, multiple jobs and being a single mom and us not having a dad around. And you know, one of the biggest sacrifices that somebody could give is their time in their life. And my mom gave both of those for her kids, all five of us. And I'll forever be grateful for her. But she wasn't alone in this effort. There were people like uh, Deb and Ken Kellogg who let me stay with them to finish my high school and transfer to that school that I talked about in the past. And, you know, the biggest hearts over there, you know, Matt, who shared his parents with me, you know, and also with all the girls as well. And with uh, <laughs> um, Taryn, Courtney, of course, um, and Kendra, uh, just generous people. Um, and so, you know, that allowed for me to get a really good high school education and eventually go on to get more education and, and get a career. Um, but, but there are other people who've, who've given to me. And the one thing I, I always think about that's in common with all of them is that giving gives you a chance to provide some relief for people. And I don't know if you've ever, let me give you an example of this. Um, we all go through some difficulties and struggles, and sometimes we don't even know it. Years ago, I was dating somebody and we went to Kansas City and part of that trip, she wanted to get a pedicure. Now, I had never had anybody touch my feet, was not really interested in that and was a little uncomfortable with the idea. But what you do for love, it is what it is. And I remember sitting on that chair and this person started to to rub my calves and my shins and my feet while giving me this pedicure. And it was so good. So, hey, I recommend that for all the people out there who are uncomfortable getting pedicures. Go get your feet done. It's really nice. It's the last one I had. I probably should do it sometime here. But what I thought in the moment was I didn't realize my feet were in pain until she provided relief by giving me that pedicure. And so sometimes you don't even know. People don't even know that they're struggling. And you doing something kind or something of service for people can provide some, <laughs> some unexpected relief. But more so, there's people who do this intentionally. And I, I'm going to reflect on the last, I would say, six years of my life because I talked about some stuff that happened earlier, some other struggles in my life. But, you know, those struggles weren't the end. And uh, when I turned 40, I quit a job at a nonprofit and I really was, was on my own. And during that time, um, I couldn't afford to pay my rent. My landlord was super gracious and allowed for me to exit without penalty um, after getting behind quite a bit. And I remember a bunch of my friends showed up, Giancarlo, Maria, Ryan, Francesca, Charles, some other folks just showed up to help me move my stuff. I had a plan. I had a truck. I was going to load all my stuff and move it into storage. But what they didn't know was that I didn't have a plan of a place to live myself. So I remember my son was there as well. Harold was there. And I remember us packing the truck, taking loads and loads and loads of stuff out of my three-bedroom apartment in Clayton. And, um, I, you know, I just remember uh, just their generosity of their time. So as they're loading up boxes and boxes of stuff into this truck that I was getting ready to, to take to a storage bin, I remember Ryan and Francesca kind of talking off to the side and Ryan asking me, like, where are you going to put all your stuff? What are you doing with all your stuff? I know you're moving out. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to just put it in a, in a storage unit. And he asked me if I got the storage unit, I think. And I said, no, I hadn't. 
And and he said, well, you know, Francesca and I were talking and we have that huge basement and we have nothing in there. Why don't you just drop all your stuff in our basement? You can just do that for free. We have a bunch of space. We'll give you a corner. You don't have that much stuff. Just put all your stuff in our basement, which was uh, my stuff stayed there way too long, but it was really kind of them to do that. And so I just was like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, let's do that. I really appreciate it. And then Ryan looked at me and gave me this look. And, and then the next question came, where are, you, where are you staying? And I kind of hesitated because I didn't know. I think I had enough money maybe to get a hotel for like a night or two. And then, and then my plan was, by the way, I was jobless at this time. I didn't have a job. Didn't have any money coming in. And I think my plan was I was going to sleep in my car. And so Ryan was like, look, man, we have an extra bedroom as well. Why don't you just come stay with us until you figure it out? And I was, I just, I remember just thinking, really? <clears throat> and I, I, I'm sure I cried, you know, I'm a, I'm a crier. So I said, thank you to them. And I remember um, hugging my son because I, I realized that I wouldn't have a place for him to stay with me for the first time in my life. I couldn't afford a place to even house my own son. Unfortunately, his mom was here, so he wasn't going to be homeless, but but I just remember just having this big sense of relief, knowing that I wouldn't have to sleep in my car while I was trying to figure out where to shower and maybe how to get food and, and you know, even how to get a job. And this is only six years ago. This is, this is when I was 40 in 2015. And so, Ryan and Francesca, thank you so much. You all provided such generosity and kindness, and you continue to do that as friends, including all the work you've done for this podcast to get me up and going. Um, but that that moment of relief just meant the world to me, and I'm I'm sure you know, but I don't I don't know if I can express to you how how much it meant in such a difficult time. And so the the wild thing about this is, you know, six years ago that's only six years for some of you that sounds like a long time, but it really isn't when you're when you're my age. And, you know, fast forward, you know, I, I moved forward and, you know, I was able to get a job and stabilize and, you know, get a roommate and eventually get my own place. And, and through, you know, series of you know, progression and maybe some difficulties, I, I'm at this place now where I feel pretty stabilized and, and, and I'm very grateful for, for everything that's happened. But, you know, friends who showed up to help me move people like Ryan and Francesca who helped me stay, let me stay at their place, provided significant relief. And that generosity, that spirit of, you know, I, there's somebody who's in need. And despite the inconvenience of having an extra dude in the house, <laughs> dirtying up sheets and, and you know, having a roommate, a, a long-stay guest, <clears throat> that they were so generous. And, and then after, after staying with them for a while, I ended up staying with Deb Berryman for a little bit. My, my frat brother, Mike Bynum, um, his mom, she's my sorority sister, she let me stay in her finished basement for a little while and, until I was able to get on my feet. Again, more generosity, people who were really kind. Deb gave me a different kind of generosity. She gave me the generosity of honesty. As I was getting comfortable after several months in her basement, she sat me down when she, she texted me and said, why don't you come up for dinner? I made dinner. So I came upstairs and she said, okay, so we, we need a plan here. Um, when are you moving out? <laughs> When are you moving out? And uh, you know you're gonna have to pay me also to stay here. So how much can you afford to pay? And so uh, I just started a new job and was really trying to catch up on some some things that I owed. And so we came up with a dollar amount, and we came up with a definite date. And months went by, and then that definite date started coming closer. I think it was like 
I don't remember when it was. Maybe it was like October or something. Uh, maybe it was later than that. But um, <laughs> maybe later. But Deb eventually said to me, okay, so that Josh, that time's around the corner. So when are you moving out? <laughs> and so her, her directness and, and honesty um, was a, a big gift because it allowed for me to, to it pushed me to scramble. Because sometimes you need that. Sometimes I, I needed that push. And so I ended up calling a friend who instantly was like, yes, I'm looking for a roommate, Charles Stanford. And so him and I ended up staying with each other. And that was a wild adventure. And we stayed with each other for, for about a year or so. But w- what I really appreciate was Deb's generosity again. You know, someone who's providing relief, you know. And, and so I, I, you know, I think about where I'm at now and I look back. And if I really, really want to push this looking back as far as generosity, um, it really makes me think of one story in particular. So this was back in uh, 2013, and this is, I talked about this in my other episode, the first solo one where I left the job and was was really, um, and if I've repeated the story, I apologize for those who've heard it, but I was, uh, I'd quit my job and now I was, uh, of the two times in my adult life where I quit a job without a job, which always had def- devastating impact. This is the time where I was really coming off of um, some serious self-abuse and and other things. And I actually, I might've still been in the middle of it. And I remember I, I got to the point where <clears throat> I ran out, I was running out of money and I didn't have enough money for food for my place. My son was going to be staying with me and um, he was, you know, young at that time. And, um, and I knew that, you know, I could probably go without, but I could not feed my son. And so I, um, I got desperate. And so I, I was trying to figure out how, how I was going to find food. And my son was due to be in my place within a couple of days. And I had a couple of days to try to figure out. I was looking for maybe some odd jobs on Craigslist, to maybe mow some lawns or do something like that. or um, But nothing was really, nothing was coming to fruition. And so I decided to uh, start looking in a different direction. So I started on my phone googling um, food shelters and so uh, you know I mentioned I I never had I've given donated food as you know and and I've volunteered at food shelters but I've, I've never thought that I would see myself again as, as an adult um, in such a situation where I would need a food shelter and but yeah I you know I've I have a lot of empathy and for folks who who rely on these major gifts that major communities um, hand out because I was that person. And not, it was not only me, it was me just terrified about the idea of not being able to feed my son. And so so I decided to, to find this one food shelter. I think it was at a church somewhere, probably in like South City or in Central West End here in St. Louis. And I showed up to the food shelter and actually I called ahead of time first because I was having a hard time finding ones that were open. And, and this one I called and they said, yeah, we're open a little bit longer well, well, we'll hold ourselves open if you come right now. So I, I got my car and, you know, found my way to this food shelter, which I had never been to, probably never even seen the building before. And I knock on the side door and this little black man um, answered the door. And I think I did talk about this before, but he 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 opened the door and um, and and let me in and grabbed two pre-packaged kind of grocery size plastic bags with some basic food items, some cans and some, some basic things, but probably not enough for even to get me 
through the entire weekend, let alone me and my son. And as he handed them to me, he could he could see how distraught I was. And and then he just stared at me and he said, Hold on one second. And he went back and he got loaded up a bunch of big bags of, of food and and brought them to me. And and I remembered uh, you know, walking outside with a guy, and I remember I just again, you know, I'm a crier. I just started crying and and the the tears the guy said, you know what that is? Don't that's okay. And he hugged me. And I remember he hugged me. And he said, uh, uh, that's just relief right there. That's just a lot of relief. That's all. It's okay to cry. And I remember thinking, what an what an amazing feeling um of just, you know, I had all kinds of feelings, sadness, embarrassment, um, shame. Um, but I also he was right. I had this big sense of relief, this almost this physical sigh that I would be able to feed my son for the time that he would be with me. And then I could figure out next steps. Um, we, we had a longer conversation about a lot of different things. He sat there with me for a while. Actually he prayed with me and, and then he, he told me about his story and his daughter who was, he was proud of who was in college. And, and just the more he talked, the more I kind of calmed down and settled and was very grateful. And that sadness, embarrassment and relief turned to gratitude. And I was able to go home and, and make do and kind of figure things out from there. But the interesting thing about that that really stands out with me today is, is that feeling of relief that he gave me is something that I have been trying to provide for people since then. In little and big ways, providing relief to people by giving of, of time, of an ear, listening ear, giving them money sometimes, um, or just friendship, whatever it is, even just the work that I do professionally, supporting the leaders and supporting the students that I work with. This idea of providing relief, it's one of the most powerful things a human being can do for somebody else. And the odd thing about it is you don't know, you don't get to experience that relief that person is experiencing when they are, are in a place of safety and happiness and gratitude when they can let their guard down for a moment or longer and just really be just grateful for something that you've done for them, whether it was a kind word or opening a door or helping them carry groceries or whatever it is. And I just remember that powerful, powerful moment of just feeling that sense of relief and wanting to provide that for people over and over and over again. And so I've dedicated my life to trying to do that one way or another and I got to tell you, um, if you're struggling out there, if if you're going through a hard time, um, especially as we head into these um, holiday seasons, the holiday seasons here in the United States, um, one of the things you can do is is you can try to find a way to provide that sense of relief for somebody else, doing something kind for somebody else, looking out for somebody else. You, You will feel good, but they'll feel even better. And and I think that that alone itself is is worth worth it. So I've been chasing that this entire time, and that's that's my message today for folks who are listening: is um, take some time to give, kuha, take some time to to give to provide for people. Let's let's look and let's tap into this culture of generosity. None of us; uh, it all ends the same for us <clears throat> in the end. But this time in between our birth and our death, um, there's a lot of really great things that we can do and there's a lot of great moments that we can provide for other people 
if we can just tap into that spirit of generosity. And so I just want to encourage folks to, to you know, as you're expressing your gratitudes here and as you're grateful for all the things that you do have, just give. Thank you for listening to the Best Worst Thing Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Williams. Music is produced by Josh One. You can follow him at Boom Note on Instagram and Twitter and Josh One on Spotify. Our episodes are edited by Cool Jets Audio and Vision. You can follow them at Cool Jets AV on Instagram. Our marketing is designed by Francesca Daniels. You can find her at Frank and Kitty 24 on Instagram. And our overall design is by Inspired Design with Ryan Daniels. You can find them at getinspired.design on Instagram. Thank you for listening to The Best Worst Thing. This one's for the good times and this one's for the bad. This one's for the day that was the best we ever had. This one's for my good friends and this one's for my foes. The ones who get up on your skin and do not even know.